Thanks for listening to this week's Hope at Crossroads. We are glad you're taking the time to listen. As you tune in today, if you need encouragement or prayer, please reach out to us by texting 864-288-1626. Or you can connect with us through our website, hope at crossroads.org. Spread the word to your friends and let them know they can subscribe at Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. And now, here's this week's message. All right, good morning, church family. Good to see you this morning. If you have your Bible, I want you to open up to John chapter 10. While you're turning there, oh my goodness, sunbeams, you sunbeams. You can remember the lyrics to the Sunbeam song, but you struggle to remember your spouse's name. That's a sign that you're getting old. It's funny how certain memories just come back, isn't it? When they're set to music. And then I saw, I'm so glad Joey called you out. All those that raised their hand, the party line, I expect you to be at the altar at the end of the invitation (laughs) to repent. So, wow, what a great day. Miss Lydia, so thankful for that. Word of testimony. You never know what somebody that's sitting beside you uh, has been through. And uh, if you would be willing to share your story, uh, I would love to uh, make that time available during our service. It's good to hear what God has done in each of our lives. I think it brings us great uh, encouragement. So, John chapter 10, we're just going to look at a few of the verses this morning, and I want to point out four uh, observations to you as we continue our study in John. So let's just jump right in this morning. Jesus is speaking here. If you have a new Bible or a study Bible, it's in red, so that kind of gives you a, a hint and reminds you if you need it. But here's what he says. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the door into the fold of the sheep, but climbs up some other way, he is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him... The doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. When he puts forth all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. And a stranger they simply will not follow, but they'll flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus spoke to them, but they did not understand what those things were which he had been saying to them. So he tries to explain it further. He says to them again, verse 7, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I'm the door. If anyone enters through me, he shall be saved, and he shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Some of you know this verse. But Jesus says, I have come that they might have life and might have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hireling and not a shepherd, who's not the owner of the sheep, beholds the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hireling and he's not concerned about the sheep. I am the good shepherd and I know my own and my own know me. Even as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep which are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they shall hear my voice, and they shall become one flock with one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I might take it up again. 
No one has taken it away from me, but I lay it down on my own initiative. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This commandment I received from my Father. Wow, what a very challenging set of statements from Jesus to those he is speaking to, disciples and other people who were around at the time. We know as we finished uh, last week uh, and the chapter where chapter 9 where he was speaking and the reactions of the people when he healed the blind man and he continued this conversation and begins to talk about being uh, a shepherd. Four observations quickly I want to share with you this morning. Here's the first one. Sheep recognize the shepherd's voice. And the reason why is because the shepherd calls them by name. Sheep recognize the shepherd's voice because the shepherd calls them by name. The shepherd calls them by name because he has a personal connection with the sheep. So here then becomes the question for you and I today. Does the shepherd know your name? The good shepherd Jesus, does he know your name? If he knows your name, then you... Uh, have a relationship with him, much like Jesus trying to distinguish with the shepherd and, and the sheep in this story. We don't relate too much because we grew up, grew up here in the upstate of South Carolina, maybe, or wherever you grew up. We didn't grow up, most of us, in a field where there were sheep and shepherds, but that's the, that's the group of people that Jesus is talking to. So he picks, he picks an analogy that they would understand when he starts talking about shepherds and sheep. And in the common sheepfolds of ancient times, a shepherd could merely call out for his sheep, and his sheep would come out from the others. I don't know if you've ever seen people sheep herding. Uh, when we were in Africa, Joey and I saw, and our team saw, sheep running down, and, and somebody who I guess they would be called a shepherd, and we saw all kinds of cattle and animals running around, and we saw one group of people, I don't know if if you remember where there were, there were hundreds of animals and, and we're thinking, how do they know who, which one belongs to which one? And the way that they know is the sheep know. So that when the shepherd calls out and, and calls for them, the sheep go to that particular voice because they know that voice. Church family, there's a lot of voices in the world right now. Oh my goodness. There's a lot of things speaking to us. And the question is, do we know the Father? Does He know us? He knows us by name. But can we distinguish His voice? There's a story told, uh, I was, Lydia was sharing, I thought about this. There's a story told about in World War I where some soldiers tried to steal a flock of sheep from a hillside near Jerusalem. And the sleeping shepherd woke up and he found that his flock was being led off by some other hireling by some other thief or robber, which Jesus is using this analogy because, again, the people would know. And uh, he wakes up and he sees this happening. And so all he does is he just yells out for his sheep. And they turn around and walk away from the robber and go back to him because he's the rightful owner. There's a lot of voices calling out for us. We have to tune in to hear the voice of the shepherd. I was chuckling when Lydia was talking about the phone call of her friend, Anita. Because that was one of my illustrations. You know, when my wife calls me, I don't need to see caller ID, although we can do that now in the 21st century on my cell phone. I know it's her. I know her number. I have it stored in there. Matter of fact, if you ask me to call her, I can't call her because I don't know her number. Because it's stored in my phone, which is kind of scary. 
But when I, when I answer it, I don't have to look at the caller ID. I know her voice. When I call her, she knows my voice. She doesn't have to say, who is this? That's familiarity, and that happens as we get to know the shepherd because we know his voice. We recognize his voice, and he calls us by name. The second thing I see here about, about uh, this story that Jesus is describing about sheep is sheep have no direction. Sheep have no direction. I shared some of these thoughts with our Wednesday night a prayer group a few weeks back, but Jesus tells us and tells those he's speaking to in verse 3, he says, he calls out the sheep by name and he leads them out. Why does he need to lead them out? Because sheep have no direction. They have no GPS. They don't know where they're going. They need a shepherd to lead them. And the shepherd leads, leads them providing direction and providing uh, leadership. There's a real news story I found Online in eastern Turkey, you may have heard about this. 1,500 unattended sheep fell off a cliff while their shepherds nearby were eating breakfast. The first 400 fell into this deep ravine and they immediately were no more. They lost their lives, but the remaining 1,100 were saved. The reason the 1,100 other ones were saved is because they had the cushion of the first 400. Talk about the blind leading the blind. But that is what happens with sheep. They have no direction. Apparently, the sheep in the back could not see past the sheep in the front, so they just frolicked and they just went one over and over another. And the initial group uh, didn't have a great outcome. I also saw this story. Uh, one farmer said, if you have a bunch of sheep in a barn and you stretch a rope across the doorway of the barn and kind of shuffle them out, that they will jump over the rope. And you can drop the rope and the remaining sheep will still jump as if there's a rope. As if there's a rope there, even though there's no rope there because they follow the sheep that's in front of them. I try not to laugh at that, but that's exactly what happens. It makes me think about how many times we follow people because we are in front of us and that's what they do. And so we follow them because we're sheep. And that's what we do, and we need a shepherd, the good shepherd Jesus, to tell us and to lead us, because if not, we will find ourselves in unusual situations. How, how does he lead? How does the good shepherd lead us? Well, he tells us several things just in that verse. He leads them out. To be a leader, to lead out as a shepherd, he has to go out front. He goes before the sheep. He leads them. He calls them out. He calls them by name. Which is interesting because that means that as he calls them out by name, he's using his voice. Isn't it interesting that the creation of the world came about because of his voice? The same way he leads us is because his voice, we just have to be in tune with that voice. And there are a lot of ways that we can do that. Of course, we know we have to get into this book to hear his voice. We have to pray, we have to listen, we have to tune in, we have to worship. All those things help us be able to... Allow the great shepherd to give us direction. And I wrote down in my notes what happens when we don't listen to the voice. What happens when we don't follow the good shepherd who's leading us? Well, we have uh, accidents happen and we get into strange situations. And that's why he goes on to tell us this. As he tells the people there, these strangers will come about... The strangers will try to rob them, or thieves, as he actually calls them, will lead them out and lead them astray. 
And so what happens? What did the sheep do? The sheep, it says, they will not follow him. They'll flee from the stranger. Why will they flee? Sometimes because they don't know his voice. Now, uh, it's interesting about sheep. One of the most interesting characteristics about sheep is they can't really defend themselves. I mean, think about it. Have you ever seen a sheep growl? You ever seen a sheep show its teeth? Or get angry or bite or run fast or shoot its quills or show its claws or maybe spray you with its uh, fur. Okay? Because that's all it has is the fur. Sheep cannot really defend themselves. That's the third thing that he tells us here. They are defenseless. So what does the shepherd do? The shepherd protects them. He says, what happens is if, if they come in, th- the thieves and robbers come in, verse 8, the sheep do not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he shall be saved and he shall go in and out and find pasture. What happens with the thief, though? The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. So what is the job then of the shepherd? The job of the shepherd is to protect the sheep. Why does he want to protect the sheep? He wants to protect the sheep because they are defenseless. They are defenseless. Church family, that's why oftentimes in the scriptures, especially... The Apostle Paul often says in his letters, when temptation comes our way and things that are evil, our first response should be to flee. To flee and to run. And that's the first response of sheep when they sense danger. They flee. Actually, one of the things that they actually do, the only defense mechanism that they really have, which is we could learn a lot from them as sheep, is when they're frightened, they, such as they hear a noise that they don't understand, or they hear running water, or they hear thunder, things like that. Talk to farmers, talk to shepherds. They will tell you they flee in groups. It's interesting. We could learn a lot from them. God compares us to sheep in the Bible because we need his protection. Maybe we need to stick closer together sometimes as sheep. Matthew's gospel said it this way when Jesus was thinking about sheep. It said, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep. Without a shepherd, they were harassed and helpless, Matthew chapter 9. So what is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying, uh, you need my defense. I will come and I will be your protector And I will defend you. And not only will I defend you, but part of the defense that I will bring to you is by bringing something pretty incredible. It's a verse that a lot of us maybe know. John 10.10, where it says, The thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you would have abundant life. Now let's talk about that for a minute. Because I think that's a very interesting verse. And actually the Greek word there about abundant I used to kind of think that meant, oh, Jesus has come to give us an abundant life. Jesus has come to give us a happy life. Jesus has come to give us everything that we want. That's not what the word abundant means in that verse. It's actually a mathematical term. Like surplus, really, it would be better said. So what Jesus is trying to say here is, if you want to have above Uh, An above average life, above the the contented life that God promises, the fact that God can be equal to take on any emergency that we face. He is able to meet all of our needs, as Paul says, according to our riches in Christ Jesus. That's great. That's just kind of standard great Christian life. But I've come that you'll have it even abundant. You'll have even more. You'll have more peace. You'll have more joy. You'll have more hope. And I do that because I want to protect you. What a great promise from God's word is the great shepherd. But we also see something else that Jesus is willing to do for these sheep, which is very interesting. Because he says this, verse 12. 
Let's back up verse 11. It says, I'm the good shepherd. I will lay down my life for the sheep. Let me read that again. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd will lay down his life for a sheep. Jesus is saying what is getting ready in the next few weeks as we continue our study in John, we will see is going to happen. Because he's going to be arrested. He's going to be charged. Innocent man who's going to be found guilty. He's going to give his life for those that he loves, for his sheep. But he goes on to say this. He who is a hireling and not a shepherd, who's not the owner of the sheep, beholds the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and he flees. And the wolf snatches him and scatters him. He flees because he's a hireling. He's not concerned about the sheep. Not so, Jesus says to me. I am the good shepherd and I know my name and my own know me. Even as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I laid down my life for the sheep. Let's think about that for a minute. Why in the world would the good shepherd do that? Here's why. Sheep are valuable. You are valuable. You have great worth. Not in and of yourself, but because of Jesus and his love for you, you have great worth. Matter of fact, so much worth, the Bible says, greater love has no man than this, that he would lay down his life for his friends. Jesus, the good shepherd, has laid down his life for you and for me because you're valuable. And when Jesus talks about this to these people, again, in context of where they are and what he's talking about, they understood what he's saying because they, a lot of them were shepherds. A lot of them had cattle and they had flocks. And so when he says sheep are valuable, they're like, oh, yeah, sheep are valuable. As a matter of fact, not everybody had sheep. Only the wealthy really had sheep. And what sheep were good for is they had their wool, of course. They had milk that they produced. So if you had sheep, you had a valuable possession. And Jesus, to describe himself as a good shepherd, to talk about a good shepherd laying down his life for someone, actually would be a very remarkable shepherd because... Uh, In the day, shepherds would take a lot of risk for the safety of their sheep, but not many shepherds would be willing to lay down their life for their sheep. I mean, that's really, you got a good shepherd if they're willing to lay down their life for you as a little sheep. And they would fight the animals, or they would fight wolves that would come in and try to kill them, and they would beat them off with a stick. So to be that kind of shepherd, a shepherd is a remarkable thing. Let me just say this too very quickly. You often hear in our context, and rightly so in in the church, you hear pastors described as the shepherd. It's an awesome responsibility. What Jesus is saying, not only of himself as the ultimate model of being a good shepherd, but he's hinting at a shepherd Guarding his sheep and protecting his sheep. He's also talking about and hinting at a a pastor of a church. Displaying these same characteristics, which is very difficult. It's challenging. Which will sacrifice for the sheep. Get to know the sheep. Lead the sheep. I am a sheep also. Not be a hireling. Which is what he's talking about here. Not just be a hireling that doesn't care about the sheep. In church family, there are a lot of... I'm grateful for our staff because there are a lot of churches around our world right now that are struggling. Because they have hirelings who are leading their churches and not shepherds. Not people that are called to shepherd the flock and to be a pastor. They have people who are hired 
And if you're hired, you can be fired. If you're called by God, that's a different story. I came across this article, I'll just read it to you to kind of illustrate what Jesus is saying here. Not only about him being a good shepherd, because he'll never leave us, he'll never forsake us. But about each of us that have people to shepherd. If you're a dad in here, can I just tell you, dads, you're a shepherd of your family. Grandparents, if we have grandparents in here, you are shepherds of the next generation. There are so many analogies we don't have time to look at this morning. But all of us, to some degree, are shepherds, and we are also sheep. And I saw this story online a few months ago. I was reading about the Costa Concordia. I don't know if you remember this. Do you remember about this ship? It happened in 2012. A big cruise liner, a ship, it hit the rocks uh, off the coast of Italy, and it put this huge gash in its hull, and ultimately it sank. It was a complete disaster. And if you remember some of the news media coverage back then, the captain... Francesco Chitino, I think is how you say it, made all kinds of excuses about why he abandoned ship. If you remember, he was gone. When the authorities showed up to see why the ship had struck the rocks and started to capsize and people lost their life, he was gone. When they found him, he even made excuses that he accidentally fell in the lifeboat. I don't know how that's possible. That's a hireling. That wasn't anybody that I would want to serve of a captain of a ship that I would be getting on. You see what I'm trying to say here. And so Jesus has set the bar very high as a shepherd. And Spurgeon says it this way about pastors and shepherds. He says, how many there are of whom we have reason to fear that they might be hirelings because when they see false doctrine and error abroad, they do not oppose it. They're willing to put up with anything for the sake of peace and quietness. And if that ever happens in this church, with any pastoral staff, you need to ask us to take a hike. We need to stand up against false teaching and false doctrine, and it's, it's infiltrating even the church. For sake of time, I don't have time. Google if you want to see. There's things and events, even in the last few weeks, that I read and go, whoa, wait a minute, this is the church of Jesus in America? And unfortunately, yes, it is. And we have to do our part, just like Jesus is talking about here is the good shepherd, to protect and to safeguard all of us together as sheep. So he's calling us as the good shepherd. He's calling. Here's my question this morning. Do you hear his voice? Do you recognize that voice? I hope you do. I hope the reason that you recognize it is because you hear it a lot. Because there's a lot of other voices that tomorrow morning at work, school, wherever you're going to be, they're going to be calling your name. Hey, hey, they're going to be calling your name. The voice that we need to be listening to is the voice of God, the voice of truth, the voice of our shepherd. Are are you following him? Are you letting him lead? Maybe today you find yourself in some situation where you need his protection. Maybe it's a result of the crazy world that we live in. Maybe you need his protection as a result of not listening to something he told you to do. My dear friend, he loves you. Jesus Christ loves you. He thinks you're valuable. When you look in the mirror in the morning, maybe you looked, hopefully some of you looked this morning before you came to church, you maybe think you're flawed and you're messed up and you're unimportant and you're insignificant and you don't matter. Look look at me just a minute. I just want to tell you something. That's not true. You're valuable. 
You're valuable to the God of the universe. He loves you. He wants to be your shepherd today. Will you pray with me? Father, thank you. Thank you this morning that you are our good shepherd. Lord, you desire to lead us. If only we'll listen. Father, I pray you would forgive me for the times I'm stubborn and I don't listen. And as the psalmist said in Psalm 23, as we read this morning, that rod and that staff, even that Lydia mentioned, you have to get those out. You have to put them around my neck and pull me back in line. And you do that not to hurt me or to harm me, but you do it because you love me. So Lord, I pray for friends in this room today, if we just need to surrender to you as our shepherd and say, wherever you lead, Lord, I'll follow you, I'll go, I'll listen. Maybe, Lord, we need your protection. Maybe this morning, we just simply need to be reminded that we're valuable in the sight of God. Maybe the voice that we've been listening to has told us we're insignificant. Lord, would you call out our name this morning and remind us that we're so valuable that you gave the very best gift that you could give for our salvation, the gift of your Son. Church, family, dear friend, I don't know what you've been faced with this past week or what's coming up this week or what God would want to say to you today through His Word. But would you take just a minute right there in your seat and say, Lord, would you, would you speak to me? What are you trying to say to me this morning? And I'm going to be quiet and ask the Lord to speak to your heart for just a minute. In just a moment, we're going to stand and we're going to have a closing song, a song of invitation, and Joey's going to lead us. I'm going to ask my friend Heath to come stand with me. And Corey and Emily will be at the back this morning for you to love on them as you leave today. But if you need to make some decision for the Lord this morning, maybe you just need to come pray. Ask the Lord to be your shepherd in your life. Maybe you need to grab one of our hands and we'd love to pray for you today. I don't know how God's speaking to your heart this morning. But we're going to sing this song of invitation. I pray you would just respond. Maybe, maybe this morning you're here, you're visiting, and you're, you're thinking, wow, I, I need to be a part of this flock right here, this group of sheep right here is where I need to put down my roots. I need to grow. And I need to make Crossroads my church home, my church family. If that's the prayer of your heart, then I would love to receive you this morning. You just let us know that today. Father, I pray you'd have your way during this invitation. Thank you for being our shepherd. Help us to be your sheep and to follow after you as you lead us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? We're going to have our song of invitation. Uh, Myself and Heath will be here and you respond as the Lord leads you this morning. We hope you've been challenged and inspired from today's message. You can find out more about the message you have heard today by visiting our website, hope at crossroads.org. If you live in the upstate South Carolina area and you're looking for a church home, we hope you'll come by and visit sometime. Details about our church and service times can also be found online. In addition, we want to invite you to check out some of the great items at our website that will help you, or you can give as a gift to a friend. Devotionals and other resources are all available at hope at crossroads.org. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you will tune in again next week.